Welcome back to Bijou Banter. Uh, today, we've got a slightly sparser studio. We've got me, Matthew Ha, and Orson Cod. Hello. Uh, and we're going to be talking about two zombie movies to kick off our spooktober a week late. But still, um, we're talking about hashtag alive or just alive and the evil dead. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, not in that order, actually. We're going to start off with The Evil Dead, which is the 1981 Sam Raimi classic starring Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandweiss, and directed by Sam Raimi. And Orson, it is one of your favorite films from your Letterboxd stuff. So. Yeah, Evil Dead is one of my favorite films of all time. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about it more, but that movie, you know, has just had such an inspiration. It's like such an inspiration to me. And like, I mean, maybe it's not the most perfect movie. To me, it is, but like, I love it. I think it's just, it's such a fun watch. It's like crazy. It's funny. It's scary. I mean, obviously, like I said, we'll talk about, you know, more of the specifics, but yeah, I love the evil dead. Nice. How do you like it, Matthew? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up with evil dead. I actually saw it for the first time in April of this year, just cause I was like, Oh, it's on Netflix. So I'll check this out and I actually really enjoyed it from the first time and even when I rewatched it even though it's only been a few months I'm like this is a really good low budget directorial horror debut and my introduction to Sam Raimi was probably for most people the Spider-Man trilogy so going back to this like to his roots you could see a lot of where he got his filmmaking style from but not only that I just think it's a really creative unique horror film as well and after that praise I have to say that I don't like this movie much at all. Really? I think this movie is very overrated. And I really? Don't, yeah. Huh. I just don't like it. I is think it just like, like not the story for you or like do you actually like, you know, just have like a special hatred for it? <laughs> it's just like it's not scary. It's not funny. It's not campy like people say it's campy. Like everyone's always really? like, oh the evil dead is so campy. <laughs> wow. And I've never said the evil, seen the Evil Dead too, but it looks like, like that's much more campy because that's when Ash is like groovy and like there's weird stuff happening. This it just seems like he was trying to make a horror movie and kind of failed. Really, it's yeah. very interesting. I think we talked about this last week. At least Manny and I had maybe mentioned it. I think Evil Dead is kind of one of those movies because even like on the poster, like there's a quote from Stephen King, who you know is like the greatest horror author of all time that says you know it's like one of the most frightening films he's ever seen and ever made or something like that i think it's one of those movies probably at the time when it came out it was probably super scary to people because you know nothing like that probably had really been done since it was like the early 80s but now looking at it i think maybe for our generation at least it's kind of more just seen as like you know a directorial debut for like kind of what matthew said the guy who did the spider-man movies so that's maybe what could it, it could be that might do it. I do feel like part of the reason it's not scary, though, is mostly because it leaned way too heavily into gore than anything else. And, like, I just don't think gore is actually that scary. I think it's just kind of gross, if that makes sense. Uh, here's a question I have for you. Do you think they did the gore right in this movie, or was, like, oh, too much gore? Because there's a difference between gore that works for movies and gore that's just over the top for having gore. I think sometimes they did it right. I think every like when the blood is like coming out of the pipe. Oh, first of all, the Evil Dead is about a bunch of kids who go to a cabin and resurrect the dead. Um, 
when there's like blood coming out of the pipe and it like gets in his mouth and stuff that I thought I was like okay that's actually pretty creepy but when it's just like she's bloody he's bloody ah, it's bleeding profusely out of its like stab wound it's like okay it's I don't know it was too much they went overboard with it and as a result it became unscary you know honestly like looking back at that um this first one because actually i just watched the second one before we recorded just out of curiosity too and i actually prefer the original more even though a lot of people i know prefer the second one to me what the charm of evil dead is that i don't think it's necessarily a scary film but it's just more about the idea that these were just a bunch of 20 year 21 year old like kids pretty much making a horror film on a incredible incredibly low budget and having it be successful and they just did literally whatever they wanted. It was like, okay, we're going to have gore. We're going to have tons of practical, like, stop motion effects. We're going to have the camera flying around all over the place. It's just like anything goes with this movie because they didn't have a major studio backing them up. It was independent, so they had free range to do whatever. So I think the gore, yeah, it is excessive, but it's more just like when you're a kid, you always want to make, like, a really bloody, gross movie. And when I say gross in terms of just like the amount of blood and that's why I think Sam Raimi did with this he just wanted to make a fun horror film in a way that also happened to be sort of pretty creepy in a way like it's not, not as goofy as the second one I think it's a bit more grounded I actually agree with everything Matthew just said I mean it's you know for huge Evil Dead fans it's you know in that community people consider it the second to be the better one I was always kind of in the the boat of like you know, I don't think it's better. I don't think it's worse. But I, yeah, everything Matthew just said about why there's that charm to the first one, I think that's what makes it better than the second. Because, you know, the low budget especially, I mean, oh my goodness. Like, that's crazy how much they were able to do with, like, only $300,000. True, but I still feel like, like, I don't know, it doesn't quite land as horror for me, if that makes sense. Like, it never quite lives up to what it's trying to be and because it doesn't have the same level of goofiness that the second one i assume has just kind of falls flat and i respect that they did it on like zero budget and like it was just a bunch of kids having fun but that was also following and following is an incredible film that's like really smart and engaging and interesting and this just kind of felt boring and dull have you seen the sequels I have not. I have not seen any other Evil Dead movies. How does this line up with the sequels? Specifically, like, the crazy ones, like Army of Darkness. I think for me, I mean, our, I mean, Evil Dead's pretty contained with the story. I mean, we all know the story. Kids go to the cabin, and, like, they all get picked off one by one. It's pretty typical, but granted, you know, Evil Dead was probably one of the first ones that did that. But, like, Evil Dead 2 is a little bit more, you know, they had a bigger budget, so they could do a little bit more. Which, like, an interesting fact is that when they were making the sequel, it's technically not a remake of the first, but it's not a sequel either because they lost the rights to the first movie. So they couldn't like make a straight up sequel. So they kind of had to remake it, but it also kind of carries the story forward. Like, you'll know what I mean if you see it, but Matthew probably does. But like, then the third, like he goes back to like the Renaissance times and like he's fighting an army of skeletons. So that one's pretty ridiculous. But like, the remake, not even remake, but like reboot, I don't know, that came out a couple of years ago. A lot of people don't like it. I don't think it's that bad. Like, it's definitely, you know, it's more serious than scary. But I thought it was like, it just the tonal, it didn't really bother me. I think all the sequels, and even the TV show are actually like, really good. They've never had a dull uh, movie or like series. 
because you know this franchise has been around for almost 40 years or whatever it is and you know when you get to the point of like having the fifth or sixth it's like okay why are we still doing this so many years later you know what i mean yeah but like they keep from the looks of it at any rate they keep like adding more layers and just sort of goofy levels to it until i mean i wanted to watch ash versus the evil dead when it was first coming out because it looked like an absolute blast but i never got around to it because i didn't have showtime there's some crazy stuff it's on netflix so if anybody would like to check it out i would recommend it but there's some really crazy stuff i wouldn't want to spoil it but i was like so shocked for some of the things i could get away with yeah it looks looks kind of shocking it was on a premium network though which i think which i think helps yeah uh i did want to ask matthew you brought up spider-man and sam raimi um i was wondering if people thought that spider-man was his magnum opus or if this was his magnum opus and which one sort of defines him more or is like more exemplary if that makes sense Hmm. well for for me uh I this is just a personal preference, but I lean more towards Spider-Man because the first Spider-Man movie was the movie that got me into superhero movies, and it's still like one of my favorite uh, Marvel movies to this day. And Spider-Man Two is even better. It's still one, of the, in my opinion, it's one of the best comic book movies of all time. But for Evil Dead, I think Evil Dead probably has a bigger place in pop culture for more horror and older fans because. First of all, it's, it's a lot older than Spider-Man. I think it, when did it come out? Like 81? Yeah, 81. The first one? 81, yeah. So it's been around for almost 40 years. But also kind of like that idea of the cabin in the woods, you know, teens go sort of like this, I don't know, evil. Uh, it's, it's not, I don't even know if it's like a zombie. It's not zombies, but it's like, or possessions either. I'm, I'm trying to describe it, but it's like the, uh, the resurrection of the dead that isn't necessarily zombies. Sort of like this, in a way, fantasy horror was firmly established with Evil Dead and had probably a lot more influence than Spider-Man because Spider-Man was, in a, was already an established property because with the comic books in the 60s, but Evil Dead was an original idea. It had a lot of influence. So I'd say that probably made a bigger impact on like the film industry, whereas the Spider-Man movies made a big impact on its specific genre. Because Evil Dead also inspired just a lot of probably lower budget filmmaking too. Because to me, it's like this and Clerks, El Mariachi following movies that were made by first timers that went on to become major directors filmed on like a micro budget and having it be successful too. Orson, what do you think? Spider-Man or or Evil Dead? I'd say Evil Dead. I'd say both, to be honest, because if you look at it, since it is technically one of the earlier horror movies that, you know, are now beloved with all the others like halloween friday the 13th etc he basically launched the horror genre for like what matthew said low budget horror movies and now filmmakers realized that you know this is a thing as someone who wants to be a horror filmmaker you look at these movies now that are coming out they're being made for these super small budgets but they're making back their money 10 times because you know studios know no matter what the horror movie is whether it's good or bad people will probably go see it And so it's easy to make because you can churn out, you know, so many throughout the year. That's why you see a lot in the earlier half of the year and the later half of the year. And I feel like, you know, he launched that. But then when you look at the Spider-Man movies, he technically launched the superhero genre too. You know, I think if it wasn't for movies like Spider-Man 1 and 2, you know, without those succeeding, you wouldn't have probably movies today like The Avengers or like all of those kind of movies. So it's interesting that, you know, you have this filmmaker 
who, you know, in a way launched the horror genre for this new way of making them and also launched the superhero genre. And now he's back in it with the superhero genre and the horror genre because he's doing Doctor Strange 2, which is apparently a horror movie. So it's interesting. Yeah. Not only is it a horror movie, it's going to bring Toby into the MCU or I'm never there's, watching another Marvel movie. There's no way. Like, I don't know if you've been following the Marvel stuff that's been coming out about Spider-Man this past week. It's oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. There's no way they could not have Toby. I mean, a rumor came out a couple of days ago that was like, you know, Tom Cruise was up for playing Iron Man back in the 90s. And it's like, oh, well, it's dealing with the multiverse. Rumors are Tom Cruise is in the new Doctor Strange as a cameo. There's no way Toby can't be in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be such a missed opportunity. Like, even if it's just a cameo, like, I mean, I think they're setting up live action Spider-Verse. But, you know, I think they've got Sam Raimi. There's no way they couldn't have Toby. Well, the title yeah. is called in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Like, it it seems I I don't, don't want to say it's like it's going to happen, but it, it's it should it should happen. I feel like given the title, the director, and like his connections with the superhero genre, like this should happen. If it I doesn't, mean, that's so disappointing. They've got John Watts doing the Spider-Man movies. I don't think if they're going to do live action Spider-Verse, it's going to be in this next Spider-Man movie that comes out next December. I think that uh, probably be a little, not. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think they're planning on having probably trying to do six Spider-Man movies, but I mean, you got John Watts, so he's probably doing them, but if you're going to do a live-action Spider-Verse, why not go with Sam Raimi? I mean, I don't know. That seemed like the top choice to me. I think Spider-Man 4 is going to be Spider-Verse, man. I know we've gotten way off track, but this is my favorite thing to talk about because Electro is going to be in Spider-Man 3, played by Jamie Foxx. And that can only mean that the end credits of Spider-Man 3... It's going to be Toby coming through saying that he had to beat an old woman with a stick to get those cranberries. <laughs> and if it's not, I'm never watching another Marvel movie. I think it would be Andrew if they're having Electro, but they would save Toby for Spider-Verse. But that's just, or Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fine. Uh, I did want to ask, Orson, considering you are a fan, what is, what is your favorite Evil Dead film? Probably the first, to be honest. I mean, I've seen really? it the most. I did just watch Army of Darkness about a month ago. It, it's probably, in my opinion, the weakest. Well, I don't know. I don't really think there is a weakest. It's hard to rank them because I love them all. So it's like, which one would you consider the worst of the good ones? But I mean, they're all great. I, I would highly, I mean, Matthew said he saw the second earlier this morning and Calvin, you said you haven't seen any. I highly recommend them. They're luckily too, they're super easy watches. They're all like under like an hour and a half or so. They're all, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'd say probably the first Evil Dead. It's just so classic to me. I wish I was at my apartment right now. I mean, granted, this is a, a podcast, but I have so much Evil Dead like stuff there. It's crazy. Do you have a boomstick? I don't. I oh, don't. You got to get a boomstick. Even I know that one. <laughs> this did remind me a lot of something that like Ross would play at Grindhouse. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't film scene play Evil Dead last I'm year? I'm sure they have. I'm pretty sure they did, yeah. I remember I had a conversation with Ross at someone's graduation party when I first met him, probably like almost two years ago, and we talked about the Evil Dead franchise for like 10 minutes. It was awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> what an honor. Yeah. I miss talking to Ross. I haven't talked to Ross in a long time. Gotta get him on here. We should. We can talk about all kinds of movies. Talk about the Disco Exorcist. That'd be a blast. Uh, also, I have to say, I was a little frustrated in this movie. Maybe one of you can educate me as to why I'm wrong here, but it didn't seem to want to stick to its own rules of like how people can get possessed. Cause like they get 
possessed one by one. They get possessed by like getting hurt by another one. Like his girlfriend gets stabbed by a pencil and gets possessed through that hole. And then like she scratches at him, but he doesn't get possessed. And I was very confused by that. And I was wondering if you guys knew why that was. Hmm. I didn't even think about that until until you brought it up. I remember it definitely caught my attention the last time I rewatched it, which was probably about a week or so ago. I was like, didn't Ash get scratched on it or something or like stabbed, but he didn't turn. But granted, that was like towards the end of the movie when he defeated it. But I think, I mean, I honestly don't know. Maybe there are rules, but to me, I'm just thinking about it now. Probably it's just fun goodness. I don't know. Maybe they're yeah. just like, this is how one person could get hurt. The other person doesn't get hurt that way. Or, or it could just be a continuity error too. Yeah. Because to me, that's part of the charm of this movie, too, is that it's obviously not perfect. Like, there's a lot of shots that are in focus. And even though, like, on I know on the Blu-ray and I think on the cut on Netflix, they, they like, George lucas it because there was a lot of, like, mistakes in the background. Like, I think on the original DVD, there were, like, a crew member was in the background on the car, like, on that bridge scene. But they, That was like, Sam Raimi and his brother. Really? Yeah, I don't know why they got rid of that. I remember seeing they, on an Instagram post recently that was like, they removed it. And I'm like, why? That was like a candy or something. They George Lucas did. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's like stuff like that. Like to me, that's part of the charm because it shows they're not perfect, but you could tell there's so much passion put into it. Like nobody like gave a half-hearted job while making this movie. They like did everything they could, which to me is very inspiring because like it makes me want to go out and make something like this. Because like, what's what's my excuse? If anything, I I'm probably more capable now because we have our we have our phones, we can shoot on like our iPhone. But they shot on like film. It was probably much more difficult. True. That being said, they also had extremely talented makeup people and special yeah. effects claymation people. Even though the effects have not aged well at all. Oh really? I I you really like think? the effects. Yeah, I, I think th- I think they've aged pretty well. It's just like there's a moment. There's a specific moment um, where, like, one of the zombie people is decomposing. Mm-hmm. And I remember I watched this in film club my freshman year when Hannah Bonner was teaching, like, horror films. Um, and someone was like, man, I thought these effects aged really well, um, especially when the zombie is decomposing. But it's terrible. Like, it's claymation, but it's, like, it doesn't blend with the rest of the movie. It's just, like, and claymation. And it's, like, it's well done claymation but it doesn't fit and it's just not good i don't know i might be the wrong kind of person to like the evil dead it's interesting because like i respect your opinion totally but i'm completely on the opposite side of you like i think it makes it so much fun that it's like not in its like style kind of like what matthew said like it's not perfect but it's like you know, there's so much heart poured into it. Like you can clearly tell Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and all the others that worked on it. They had like such a blast doing it. And like, you know, kind of what I just said, while it's not perfect, you can like see that like, you know, it's not a student film, but it's like just, you know, made by a bunch of friends who are like, hey, let's make a movie this weekend. Yeah. Also, I got to give a shout out. Does anybody know who the assistant editor was on this? Joel, George Joel Cohen. Joel Cohen. I was like, whoa. <laughs> before blood simple yeah shoot i think he'll land on his feet yeah i think he'll be fine <laughs> yeah what, i will say I never, I, oh go ahead I, I was gonna say what what do you two think of the tree scene in this movie i'm very glad you brought that up that up <laughs> i'm i'm super curious a part of the reason i don't like this movie is i think it is 
rampantly sexist, specifically that scene, because like it happens, uh, a tree forces itself upon a woman. And then like, it's never really brought up again. It's the inciting incident. So like, he wanted you to pay attention to it and be like, oh, look at this. And it's just like horrendously awful. And it doesn't even fit with the rest of the movie. Like it's like something really gross and horrifying in like a completely different realm than blood flowing out of a pipe. It's like, oh, I hate that scene. And that scene might be the very reason I don't like the evil dead. There are definitely some jokes in this movie. I was just thinking of one the other day ago and I was like, this would not fly today. Like, I mean, yeah, there's some jokes in there that I'm like, this is pretty sexist. Like, yeah. you know, it, I don't think it's anything that could get the movie canceled per se, but it's definitely, you know, you kind of go like, well, you know, that would not fly today. So I think the tree scene, while it kind of plays into that campiness of like, everything's crazy, it's definitely like, it's probably the most in a way grotesque scene in the movie. Cause you look at it and you're like, oh man, that's really hard to watch because you know, it's forcing itself onto a woman so it's creatively inappropriate that scene i feel like because yeah i've never seen anything like that but there's probably a reason why i never want to see anything like that Mm -hmm. i think in a different movie i would have liked it more if it had handled it better but it like the editing weirdly played parts of it as a joke almost and like it's just it doesn't blend at all. Like it would have made more sense if like, like a corpse had attacked her instead of like the trees do, I don't know. There's a shot in this movie because we were kind of talking about like shots a little bit. Yeah. There's a shot where Bruce Campbell is like walking around the cabin and he's got his boomstick and I have no idea how they did this. I mean, there's probably some explanation that's like maybe just skipping my mind right now, but he's like standing on top of the camera and his like oh, foot yeah. like, I mean, my guess like is like they over the lens. Yeah, my guess is they probably put like a glass plate or something in the floor, and then they just filmed underneath it. Because like you should look up like how much they've uh, done like to film this movie. They like basically destroyed that cabin. But like, yeah, that's crazy that they were able to do things like that. And even going back to the tree with that low budget, like the way they were like able to make the branches move, it's crazy. Yeah, I will say that given that it was a low budget, the effects were amazing like i don't even know how they did some of that stuff and they clearly had really talented people in the makeup department and like figuring all that stuff out like whoa especially when like that one woman's ankle is stabbed by that pencil it is gross that that, that was a really good effect actually even like the final shot too of whatever's coming towards bruce campbell he like flies through the cabin like through the woods like i I know what they did that was like i think they played in like reverse or something and they had, did they have it on like a bike? Yeah, it's on a motorcycle. Or a motorcycle, yeah. Like, and then just reverse it. It's a really simple shot, but it's super effective too. It feels like something's like coming towards Bruce Campbell. I will say in my first short film that my friend and I made, we played a lot of homage to the Evil Dead and like we redid that ending with our friend Greg it is not as simple as it seems to film. Obviously, we didn't ride a motorcycle into him, but like we just took the camera and just kind of ran it. It actually looks pretty well, like well done. It, it took us so hard to get that shot, and I was like, I can't even imagine. I mean, I think rumor has it that like Bruce Campbell like lost a couple teeth and broke a few ribs when that ran into him. 
but oh, yeah, that's a, oh, yeah, really? that's, yeah, that's a hard shot to do. So it was impressive. And even if they did do it in reverse, I don't know if they did or not. Like that, that's I mean, why I heard they did yeah. in reverse. I bet that'd be difficult. There's a lot of those like steady cam shots that are really impressive. Like even the first one when it's like going over the lake. Cause in my mind I was like, okay, like they have two guys with wood and then a camera sort of taped to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it goes over a lake. Like they don't like skimp and sort of go on the shore. They straight up like go straight over it. That was really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do respect thing... this movie. Sorry, what? No, it's a good movie. Another thing too that like I really love is like when they're driving towards the cabin. And like you've got the camera on top following the car and like a twig hits the camera. Like I think that's so funny. Like they oh, didn't really? take that out. Yeah. It's crazy. It like just kind of breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Speaking of all the little mistakes that there were, I think my favorite scene in the movie is the opening one, just because there's absolutely no attention paid to continuity whatsoever. And it is hilarious. <laughs> like in one shot, like someone will be holding a map and then they're holding a cup. And then there's like a truck coming, but then the truck's farther away. And there's like 15 shots in like 10 seconds. And it is just like, I thought that was really funny. I did really like that part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got five minutes left to talk about the Evil Dead. Final thoughts? I mean, for me, I mean, I, I love this movie. I could talk about it for hours and I will, but... Yeah, I think it, you know, just like I said, as an aspiring horror filmmaker, especially like it's one of those movies that, you know, you see that there's so much heart poured into it and they care so much about it so much. So the franchise is still going on today. And, you know, like I said, there's never been a dud, at least in my opinion. And, you know, while they filmed it on film, which probably, you know, cost a lot of money, kind of what Matthew said earlier, it's easier to do now because we have access to so many cameras just on our phones. Like, I don't know if it'd be the same quality, but like, it's so easy to film something like that. So I think that's why this movie has like such a special place in my heart besides the fact that I grew up with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, despite not growing up with that, I think this is a very solid movie. Like just, yeah, it's flawed without a doubt, but you could see just so much, well, Orson said like heart put into it. Everyone had fun. And it is very creative and very influential. And I just think a lot of film students should see this kind of like with following because it is, it it will inspire them to create like, oh, I want to create something like as creative as this, or maybe do something totally unique, like with the camera or with the story. And for that reason, I think it's one of the most influential and important horror films. And I think I'll give it an eight out of 10. I think that's fair. Dang lower than I thought you were going to give it. Uh, I've made my opinion pretty pretty well known. I'm going to give this a solid 6 out of 10. Uh, I'm tired than I was expecting. I respect <laughs> what it did. I just don't think it did it well. And I'll always prefer Spider-Man to the Evil Dead. I like your opinion. Definitely, you know, while I'm on the opposite side, I think you brought up some valid points that I can see why, you know, maybe someone who just isn't a fan or didn't grow up with it could be like, well, you know, yeah, it's okay. It also doesn't help that the first time I watched it, the projector was all funky, so everything looked really yellow, so it was like, oh, really? like, 
it was really easy to see the faults in it because you were already sort of a step back from it. And then you were like, oh, 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 eh. And it was just sort of annoying to watch. So that's, that probably tilted me a little bit on the film. But yeah, that'll wrap up our discussion of The Evil Dead. Um, and now we're going to talk about a new film, Netflix's Hashtag Alive. Um, which we will be calling Alive because calling it Hashtag Alive would be annoying and repetitive and gross. It's directed by Il Cho and it stars, um, I'm definitely going to get these wrong, Ayin Yu and Shin Hai Park. Uh, and it, you got it right. Oh shit. All right. Um, and it came out on Netflix earlier this year and it's about um, another zombie movie. It's about this gamer guy alone in his apartment when the zombie, ap- zombie apocalypse hits and he survives and he meets this girl and he tries to survive with her. And then they meet another dude and things go down. What'd y'all think? I, I think it's pretty average, I have to say. I mean, def- definitely not a bad movie, but at the same time, there's not really anything special about it. And I think uh, one one issue that I have is that, and this is just for me, this is another South Korean zombie film. Obviously, one of the first things that comes to mind is Train to Busan, which to me is one of the best zombie films ever made. Like, I absolutely love that film. So I was constantly comparing it to this. And Alive, even though it has, a, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it. It has a lot of interesting ideas. They don't really follow through or live up to those, like, to that potential because they're, like the movie is really rushed and I don't think the characters are very interesting. And like, I guess we'll just go more into that later then. I actually agree 100% with Matthew. Um, I'm going to say two things first. After I saw it, I wrote on my letterbox for my only review. If they're going to do an American, yeah. if they're going to do an American remake, which they probably will, they should cast Pete Davidson. It just, I mean, they made this character like Pete Davidson. I don't know if they based it off of him, but I was like, I could see Pete Davidson playing this character. I, I, I saw your review before I saw this, and then as soon as I saw the main character, I'm like, oh my god, Orson is so right. And then I couldn't yeah. unsee it after He's that. He's got like the bleach blonde hair <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and I was like, he looks like Pete he Davidson. Looks, he looks like his, the char- his character from Big Time Adolescence. I don't know exactly. Have you just seen that? Yeah, that was yeah. a good flick. But <laughs> another thing too, which I'm not going to say this happened, but I read earlier this year the book World War Z. And so World War Z is basically, the movie did a, a terrible adaptation of the book. It's nothing oh, like it. Yeah. It's just not even a good movie in general. But that's a hot take. But basically the book is like kind of told, kind of like a documentary where like there are a bunch of interviews, but it's like the zombie apocalypse happened. And one of the stories is there is a South Korean kid who lives in like one of the, he's like very into high tech gaming stuff, you know, comes from a wealthy family. And he's in his apartment one day and he wakes up and he notices his parents are gone and he like just starts playing video games and then he realizes the zombie apocalypse has happened and he's like how do I survive that's literally the story and that's literally the movie that happened and I was like this is weird like they kind of took the story from World War Z not saying they did but I was like this is like kind of crazy but that's just a side note that I realized but I agree with Matthew I don't I think this movie was average I think Train to Busan is a far superior film for a South Korean zombie flick. But yeah, I thought it was fine. It just, it didn't do anything special. That's fair. A quick note on the American remake real quick before I go into my thoughts. They are doing an American remake. Really? Yeah. But it's strange because the remake was written first 
And then the writer, Matt Naylor, worked with Incho to develop it for a Korean audience. And then they made Hashtag Alive and Alone is coming out later this month. So actually the remake came first, but was made afterwards. So this is the one time where an American remake is justified because it's technically a Korean remake. Huh. That is so weird. Also, it looks terrible. I wonder why they tried to get the remake out first before the original. I don't know. They might have just made it faster. Probably, yeah. Well, Well, given everything that's been going on in the world right now, South Korea handled COVID a lot better than America did, so they probably were able to get it out faster. Yeah. Yeah. Donald Sutherland plays the uh, the older man character in it, though, which I think is going to be really, really good. But we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I really liked this movie. I thought it was like different enough from other zombie movies. Um, they might have stolen the story from World War Z, but it's a no, good it's story. It's crazy. Um, and like, they did something cool with it that I hadn't really seen in a zombie movie where they made it not really about the zombies most of the time. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. But that's like where I think the issue is, is that they didn't make it a lot about the zombies. Yeah. I mean, when I watch a zombie movie, I'm expecting one thing, zombies and zombies. characters to turn into zombies. And like, while this one like tried to do more of like the character building, I guess, it, it only has two characters in it. How can you like really do that for, you know, 90 minutes or whatever it is? And so I was just like, there aren't enough zombies in this. But when the zombies are in it, I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is good. I, I think another problem too is that like, yeah, we're focused on these human characters, but like for a good majority of the time and this movie is only like an hour and a half or like a little more. Yeah. They are not interesting characters like at all. Like even though, and to me, I got the impression that the main, the main guy, um, uh, Junwoo, who is like this live streamer, I got the feeling that he was kind of a jerk because like, he's just like, he wakes up and like his mom, you know, has to get food for him because he's living with his parents still. And he's probably like, in his late 20s or early 30s and he's just like he just live streams all day he seems like a pretty lazy character and he's just like i don't really like i don't want to say i don't care for him but he's just like i can't really relate to him very much and like the girl too who comes into the picture later like they don't really develop her like we don't know where she's where her background is like how she managed to survive too because it's I, I don't know they just don't they don't really develop a lot of stuff in this movie they just expect you to buy it that's fair. I do think, though, um, I do think that the girl, they just sort of, they never really explain how she survived, which I think would be really cool because she was much more, like, tactical and interesting with it um, than just sort of lucking out like the main guy did. But I think the main guy, even though he doesn't have a lot of defining character traits, is just sort of generic human because, yeah. like, he does the things we'd all do. Like, if we were trapped in our apartment during a zombie apocalypse, we'd have issues rationing food. Um, and like, if the power was still on, we'd play video games. Like it felt very much just like an average sort of schmuck who was stuck in a really, really terrible situation. Um, and I do think it is very different from most zombie movies, but I think once you, like, once I got past the sort of expectation of what a traditional zombie movie is, this is more of like a resource movie, like a survival movie. Like, I don't know like a trapped in the woods kind of movie where you have to ration and everything because the zombies are a threat, but it's more like he's out of ramen and he's out of, he's out of granola bar and he's got nothing left. What's he going to do? Answer girl is going to zip line some stuff to him. I thought that worked. 
really really well one one part that i found hilarious too is when he he's like okay i gotta go farming he like he breaks into a random apartment like he finds the key it just so happens that the one apartment that he broke into had all like this hiking and like climbing equipment and like walkie talkies like what a coincidence <laughs> like i remember watching it i was just like oh how can how convenient is that yeah but i don't know i think they needed to do that for the narrative to keep going and i was like okay sure they probably could have set that up what did you guys think of that opening montage while the credits rolled you know what i'm talking about yeah with like all the like organs beating and stuff yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. I'm not yeah. sure it was entirely what the movie was about, but I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this has nothing really to do with the movie, like, because like they're not showing really the spread of it per se. You're more focusing on these characters in the contained apartment buildings. But I was like, it's cool. It's like it's like it, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's, it's interesting to how the movie literally throws you in with like no explanation, which to me I thought was really jarring because it seemed like. It may have felt like I fast forward like 10 minutes to when the zombie apocalypse started, but it's like, oh no, this is the beginning of the movie. Like the first three minutes, the zombies already attack. And I think, oh, sorry. I, I don't know, like the way it starts, like I personally for a zombie movie, I like the idea of the buildup and how the apocalypse like starts, like how it starts from a source and that spreads to the whole city. Cause that's what Train to Busan did really well. Like it establishes where this virus is, how it gets contained onto this train, and then everything goes down. Because to me, it's like, okay, there's this impending danger and buildup, but alive, it just like throws you in. Yeah, I'm like, okay, where's the buildup? Like, it's cool that it's starting right with the zombies, because that's what you're watching it for. But it would be nice, like, okay, how did this virus start? How did it spread all throughout this apartment within a matter of like, I don't know, an hour, let's say. It just, it, it only added more questions me i don't think that bothered me that much because i mean of all the horror genres zombies are kind of my thing like i just love zombies in general so like you know and i mean zombies are just you know everybody kind of knows how the zombie apocalypse starts like oh someone eats a bad hamburger like you know i don't know something so i feel like if they wanted like some like new thing to do how like the zombie apocalypse started they would have done it but i feel like they trusted the viewers to be like okay you know it's pretty classic how it starts like just bad test subject or whatever but it didn't, like, bother me because, like, while I really love Train to Busan, that movie kind of does take a while to get going with the zombies. Where it's like, you know, and this movie's pretty short, so you only have, like, a limited amount of time. To, you could have been like, okay, here are how the zombies, you know, happen in this world. But, yeah, it didn't bother me as much. But I can yeah. see where you're coming from. I think they might have been able to do a better job of showing us the dinosaurs right away, um, which is dinosaurs. my favorite expression. Uh, but, like, overall, I think I liked it mostly because like we like zombie to me like the zombie apocalypse starting is a little bit like batman's parents like yeah you can yeah. show it again but at the end of the day like someone bit someone and it's in a highly populated city and then everybody gets attacked and oh my god um like it never really deviates but like in the real world i think this is what they were trying to go for like you'd be sitting on your couch watching like youtube or something and then suddenly you'd be like oh by the way zombies have happened um run and it like it really did feel sudden and it felt like i really liked that at any rate but i can i can see what you mean it they didn't do the best job of doing it right away yeah what'd you guys think of um 
the like old man character that was introduced like two thirds of the way through the movie. So very tacked on, I feel like, and just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it just kind of because like that always happens in zombie movies. Oh, you run into the character, they're cool at first, but you're like something's off here, and then it's like, oh, the character's really like psychotic or they're trying to do something to like kill or steal your supplies and so like i agree with matthew just kind of felt tacked on and like it didn't really like lead anywhere exactly like yeah it just kind of felt like they made a movie and they you know it was only like 60 minutes long or something and they're like oh we need like 20 more minutes what do we do well we'll throw in a character and then yeah. you know before they happen right right near like the ha- the last half hour just yeah. i think they just they, they had to they just like okay we gotta get the ball rolling for the like the finale yeah, just like it, that whole arc of like it's not an arc of this character. That just whole scene plays out in like five to ten minutes, and it's like it's so out of nowhere and, and like predictable it, too. Yeah, it's predictable. Like they tried to throw the two characters, especially the female character, into a lot of like peril because it's like, oh, well, I mean, spoilers. Is she about to get bit by the zombie that he has captured? And it's like, well, like we already know the characters are in peril. This doesn't add anything. Yeah. Because, you know, they're getting chased by the zombies, they get into the apartment, then this whole thing happens, and then they get out, and then, like, you know, the ending sequence happens, and it's like, oh, that kind of didn't really amount to anything. Yeah, and it felt very much like they were like, and we need someone to tell them that there's rescue coming. So here he is, and he's also evil. Um, sucks to be the characters, I guess. I, I feel like with that guy when he said the rescue team's coming, I think I think he was just BSing. Like I don't think he he knew that there was gonna be a rescue team. I feel like he just kind of said that, but it just so happened that because in the in near the beginning of the movie, like he holds up the sign saying like "Help me, I'm alive," and he puts it on social media. It just so happened like, and then the rescue team actually does come. But I feel like the old guy just said that, like just because you know he eventually tries to kill both of them, sort of giving them this false ray of hope. Well, here's like the question I... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, now the question is like, okay, they believe the guy at first that the rescue team's coming, but then they realize, oh, okay, they defeat him, he's crazy, whatever. Wouldn't they be like, wait, was he just crazy about a rescue team coming? We got to do our own thing. But they they still believe them that a rescue team's coming. I don't know if that's just like bad writing or like... I was like, oh, I just thought of that. Yeah, that was a little strange. There's a lot of moments in this movie where it doesn't quite obey its own rules. Um like the power's out but he manages to make a phone call and like i don't oh, know I was, that was actually something i was thinking is like oh if the power's out how's he able to charge his phone like, yeah i was waiting for that to be like a problem but it just never was this is something like zombie movies do a lot but like it's not the worst thing but it's just kind of overdone now where they don't really like stay in the line with like what the rules of the zombies are because they show that the zombies react to any sound like you know kind of like the monsters from a quiet place they react to it like they react to anything they'll go right after where it came from but then there's the scene where he breaks into the apartment and he like makes the noise to see if any zombies are there there's no zombie there but then all of a sudden there's a zombie there a couple seconds later after he's like scavenged it's like where was that zombie 20 seconds ago when like he first got in there and like they showed the zombies wander around so like was it hiding like i don't know that's weird yeah there's a lot of moments like that where it can't quite decide exactly how it wants to handle the zombie part of the narrative i do like the design of the zombies though like when they're bleeding from the eyes that was creepy as all heck i I think i think it's a it's a really good effect too 
Yeah. It, it looks really good. I think the way South Korean movies have done zombies the past couple of years have just been so much more creepy than what American films and TV shows have been able to do. They like, I don't know if it's just because of the studios that finance these movies, something about these zombies on like Train to Busan or Alive, the zombies are terrifying. Like I'm actually like scared of them. And I've seen, you know, hundreds of zombie movies. I'm like, I mean, you know, we live in a world today where like, you know, we have three Walking Dead shows nobody cares about anymore. Like those zombies don't scare me because like they just don't do the zombies right. But it seems like, you know, the two films I mentioned, they've just done zombies spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. I do think this one does zombies a little bit better than The Evil Dead. But, oh wait, you were talking about Train to Busan. I'm sorry. I completely messed that up. Um, I did like the use of, I did like sort of to go off of nothing. I apologize, Orson, but I wanted to talk about this. I really liked how they um had the two characters and how they like waited to introduce her until halfway through the script and how like they interacted even though they were so far away. I thought that was really, really unique and cool. There's a lot of things in this movie that I thought were unique. I thought it was also so nice to look at like when he to like make sure the zombies never saw him he like put a bunch of like paper over his windows but it was all different colors and it looked so pretty that was pretty cool yeah and the american remake looks like trash just gray and brown i watched the trailer because there's a trailer and it's terrible oh really yeah it just looks like a bad movie although i think donald sutherland might be able to fix the issue with the like man who like has his wife chained up because it's Donald Sutherland. You can't go great. wrong with him. Yeah. yeah, I just found the poster and the poster doesn't make the movie look very good. I'm not convinced. <clears throat> I thought the poster for this one with like the main characters like leaning out on his balcony, holding his phone on the selfie stick and beneath him you got the zombies. I thought that was actually yeah. pretty cool. No, that was a nice poster. Yeah, and that's such a cool scene too. It's so tense. That was a tense scene. Mm-hmm. I kind of wished with this film because they kind of were trying to go with the whole social media aspect. I don't really feel like they played into that that much. I wish they had done it maybe just a little bit more. They I'm didn't at glad. all. I'm kind of glad that they didn't play into it nearly as much because to me, like when they, whenever they bring like social media into a into this type of like genre or something, I don't know like the way the way they handle it always like annoys me. It just seems really like hokey and like corny. But I, I'm glad that they they sort of downplayed it a bit. Because that's not, even though the movie is called Hashtag Live, that's not the main focus. The focus is just on his survival and not his reliance on the internet to survive. Yeah. Although I wish they had done a little bit more with it throughout the film because they have it at the beginning. Then at the end, they're like, we knew where you were because of your Instagram post. Like, you might have wanted to do more than that. Although I guess he does those live streaming bits where he's like talking into the void. He doesn't, he doesn't upload them, though, because he doesn't have internet. He has internet for some of it. No, I guess he doesn't. Near the, begin- he near the beginning, but then, because he tries to play his game, but then the game crashes or, like, he can't connect. Because yeah. I, I remember there was a scene, he was recording it from his laptop, and then he like, cl- he, like, closes the camera out. He doesn't go on to, like, YouTube or whatever. Yeah, I guess That's just, we- like, an issue. If you're going to have social media play into it, you have to, like, make it, like, stick to its rules of like, okay, it doesn't work, so you can't use it. But if it does work, you can use it. 
was probably just doing a diary or something, but I don't know. Yeah, probably like, oh, if I die here, this is like my, this is what I have left. Yeah. I did think, um, I did think he was very relatable as a character, partly because of like him recording all those videos and like trying to convey what he was doing which I think a lot of people would try to do or they would do for like three days and lose hope and then like stop. But also like that whole scene with the ramen where he just like really wants to eat the ramen and then he eats the ramen. Oh, I wanted ramen so bad during it, that scene. It really makes food look good just because like he's so hungry all the time. Like every time, every time they eat food in this movie, it seems very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Even spam looked good and it's spam. He was like digging into that. He asked like for it. What? You don't like spam? Of course I don't like spam. Oh. Well, I'm Korean and Kore- Koreans love their spam. So. What even is spam? It's spiced ham in a can. Pretty oh. Much. More, it's, it's, more, it's very popular in like Hawaii and Asian countries. So a lot of, even though it's like an American product, I think a lot of Americans don't really like it. Just because the idea is admittedly the idea is pretty gross but it's just tastes good not straight out of the can but like when you fry it or like put it in a soup it tastes a lot better okay okay that makes more sense because there's that scene where the old man is offering them food and he's like what do you want he's like spam and i was like why would you want spam but yeah okay that makes more sense yeah i didn't know what spam was i thought i always thought spam was just kind of like fat like so like Oh no, he's in that. He was like digging it, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd eat that. But now that knowing it's like spiced ham, it's like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. It's super salty, though. That's that's the one thing I don't like about it. It's like there's so much sodium in, in spam. Also, I will say, I did find this movie a little bit more inspirational than Evil Dead, because even though they had like a high budget and all those like really mm. cool zombie effects. Like, when you think about it, most of the movie, theoretically, the one actor could have just shot himself. Like, it's just him in his apartment doing things. I thought yeah. that was well. Could have been like a found footage type movie. Yeah. Like, um, Searching or what, what was that one? Orson, you saw it. What was the one movie that was like filmed over Zoom? Host. Host. Host, yeah. That, that was it. Maybe we could do something like that. There actually is. Um... I think it's a Spanish zombie flick Rec. that's found footage. Rec. Rec and Quarantine. Rec, I mean, is, I think, Rec is an amazing movie. Yeah, yeah, Quarantine is nuts. It's the American remake. That's the remake, it's not right? That good. I've heard it's trash. It is. I will say the ending of Quarantine was... Or Rec. I don't know. It, it's scary. Like, the way they do the yeah. zombies and that, that was scary. So, like, it. I mean, zombies, you know, there's always a zombie fab, like, every 10 to 15 years. And, like... I think uh, if they want to start doing them again soon, do found footage. That would be very interesting to see more of that. Yeah. Just do new things. I'm tired of like the World War Z zombie movie. That's not a good movie. I just want more personal zombie movies and not, oh my God, it's the whole world and it's zombified. I don't mind that. It's just when they try to go too big, it just, you know, makes it a little less realistic. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts on hashtag alive. 
Um, I, I don't hate it, honestly. And if anything, I don't even think it's like really that bad, but it's just, it's pretty generic, I have to say. It's not, there's not much really special about it. And even though I think there's, there's some interesting ideas, like I like, I kind of like the idea of it connecting to social media, even though they don't really go into it as much. And I like how it's more just about the personal dialogue between these two characters doesn't really add up to anything it's way too short and I don't think I'm going to see it again but at the same time I'll probably give it a six all right I think Matthew and I see this film very similar like exactly what he just said is kind of how I felt I think more what I would elaborate with is it didn't really relate to me in the way because we had talked about on our Palm Springs review recently that like with quarantine it kind of plays into that you know we're feeling the same day over and over again. Whereas this one, the character's trapped inside the house where there's like a disease going on outside. And so I wanted to relate to that a little bit more than I did. And like, just like Matthew said, it didn't do anything special and it's pretty generic. I thought there were some really tense scenes that like kept me going, oh, I know what's going to happen. But yeah, I don't, I wanted it to be one of my favorite movies of the year because I always love to see like these kind of foreign zombie films. But yeah, just, it was okay. All right. I am the complete opposite. I think this movie was really cool and did something sort of new. I'm going to give this an 8, maybe even a 9 out of 10. I really, really like this movie, and I want to watch it again. I don't want to watch the remake, though, because the color palette is terrible. And on that basis alone, I refuse to watch it. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode of Bijou Banter. Uh, tune in on Saturdays to Bijou's Films, whatever we're playing. DM us for codes. You can find what we're playing on the website if you want. And yeah, it'll be a blast. I've been Calvin. I've been Matthew. And I've been Orson. And we will see you all next time.